All right. Uh, this is the uh, new cold open. The new in, cold in, open. In that we additional are, cold open. In that we are. We've been trying this for literally like 40 fucking minutes. Because uh, I'm going to be the one who's going to be recording uh, a big the step podcast and actually doing the editing and all that fun fun stuff. How does so, that make you feel emotionally? Uh, very scared. Okay. Very scared. Um, I much want I want to make sure that this thing is is good and correct. The and highest standards but here. Absolutely. That's that's how we roll. That's what we're highest all about. standards. Yep. So uh, so yeah, so if you are hearing this, we did a good job. Yeah. I did a good job. If it sounds like fucking crap, Zelda did a I bad job. I did a terrible <laughs> job. And I apologize for that in advance. So you're learning. It's yeah. good. It's Thanks good. guys. It's awesome. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Yeah, you're back. Finally, thank I felt, you. I felt bad about taking a week off, but I needed to. Uh, I'm overinvested, I think, time-wise <laughs> in soccer, uh, and it doesn't That's really fair. matter that I think that. Uh, I t- did I tell you Natalie drew a picture of us like the family, and uh, like it was like you know me and mom and her and her brother Benjamin, but then she crossed me out. You did tell me that when you dropped off the equipment yeah. uh, last week <laughs> uh, for like, me and Luke to record the podcast, yeah. and and listen like. Honestly, man, like I get that. I, I totally do. I'm glad you're able to take some time. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, and I mean, you've obviously been super worked with Tifo and the new job and all that. And I know you're traveling a lot more, so that's great. Yeah. But, you know. And speaking of which, I got to travel out to San Francisco for my big fat dick job now. So uh, yeah. next week it's going to be another sub. Big fat dick job. Yeah. Yeah, that's so basically what it is. I'm trying to I'm trying to convince my wife to uh, co-host the podcast with me. I don't. Oh, I thought you were going to say get a big fat dick job. All right, you, you know. I am convincing. I'm trying to convince her to get a big fat dick job, which she actually applied for and had an interview with today over at the at the other bank. Uh, I, in the, I couldn't uh, tell if we were using euphemisms still. Yeah, or not. no. I mean, I'm I'm I work for a fucking nonprofit, man. I'm not getting a big a big dick job anytime there's only, soon. Only small so, dick jobs. Yeah, there's only small, <laughs> tiny, tiny dick jobs. Sorry. But really great, really great benefits. Like super awesome, amazing benefits. So yeah. that's uh, like helping that, the world. That and and yes, yeah. I guess. Technically, yeah, I am. A, I am a marketing person now, which I did not. We started this podcast a little over a year ago, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's kind of a thing I do." Now I'm actually literally a marketing person. Really getting I, paid for and it. I actually, yeah, I had a big meeting uh, with a county today, and was just like, "Oh yeah, like hey, do all this really awesome stuff, and also give us a lot of money." And that's so what any, I do now. Anybody who's looking for that next step in your career path, volunteer for dark clouds things. For the love of God, when you see the message go out, do it. Mm. It's yes, the please. path to riches. Yes, please. It is absolutely the path to, ri- path to riches. Uh, what's, let's jump in. How about yeah. we talk about the, the game from this past weekend? Uh, Something positive was, uh, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, a yeah. Montreal meltdown of, you know, not 
epic proportions because we've seen those before, yeah. but it was the, still a Montreal meltdown. Which know, is always, get, always fun to, always fun to, always enjoy. Think about and watch. I'll get enjoy. to this momentarily. The real meltdown was among the Montreal fans. Oh God, yes. I'll, we'll describe that in a few minutes. But oh God, um, yes. What was your, what was your best moment of the game? Um, best moment of the game for me uh, was the bar goal. Uh, it was just absolutely fantastic. Um, chipping Bush uh, with basically a no look. Um, Ibarra was just doing Ibarra things on that play. He's been the best player on Minnesota United all season, uh, and I don't, think, I don't think anybody would argue that he's not been the he's not been the MVP of the of the team so far. I think so. Um, he, the most consistent. He just certainly. he just works really really hard. And and mm-hmm. Schiefer Schiefer Decker uh, put up a, a post uh, on fifty five one about basically just like what is this team like? What is Minnesota United? Minnesota is a team that just works really hard. They don't really have an identity. Which is not a good. Well, we've thing. lamented that before. Yeah, but they, but the 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 players, they and, and certain players, particularly Ramirez, Ibsen, and Ibarra, just work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And Ibarra has just worked really hard all year, um, just doing Ibarra things, which is basically like just following the play. Um, he doesn't. He just doesn't stop. He gets a ball that is deflected by a Montreal defender. He picks his head up. He sees that Bush is off his line and just literally turns and shoots the ball without really looking at the goal. Like he just sees that Bush is off the line. Turns, he's, got, he's got a defender right on him the turns whole time. It, yeah, and, and yeah, uh, in his back pocket, basically, and just yeah. turns with his left foot and just says, you know what, I'm going to chip this ball. Mm-hmm. And he knew that since Bush was off his line, he, he had him beat, and Bush had no chance. So that, you know, that was obviously the second goal of the game. It just really secured... Mm-hmm. At that point, you knew like, we just we knew Minnesota was going to win. There was no really coming back from that. We don't, and we don't. That's the first time this whole season when we've been like, yeah, we got this. Now. Yeah, like there's no doubt. I was like, I'm not worried about Montreal coming back from that. So every yeah, that other, was every other win we've had is kind of be like, yeah, well, okay, we got it. All right. <laughs> yeah, so that was my best moment of the game. How about you? I um, the first goal I think I like better uh, because first of all, I think it was more than just a great Ibsen pass, which I like to see Ibsen get on the score sheet, but. Um, it was a result of that hounding work by Ibarra, Schuler, and others. They got pressure on Montreal uh, that, in the business end of the field, uh, managed to force a turnover by it, and then that turnover creates that transition where people are found out of position. That's how you can turn those into quick goals. Ibsen spotted it, and obviously Ramirez executed it. That's something we don't do a lot. We've talked about it. We don't really, ex- I'm sorry, we don't really just exact our will over other teams there are very few teams against whom we can do that but montreal one of them we probably can and in the second half at least we we did more of that and that was a cool we played on the front foot for that play and it yeah, was excellent that's silver fair. medal to us uh, i think in the 75th minute i saw quintero actually track way back on defense after committing a turnover i get that he's like almost a second striker more than a midfielder so it's not something that's quite expected of him but it was nice to see him doing that because Midfielders need to defend just as much as defenders, and he, had a, and he, he also participated. had a really shitty game. So I'm glad he did it because he was having a really shitty maybe, game. Maybe make so. it up for it. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. what was your worst moment then? Um, you know, I didn't really have a worst particular moment. The first 30 minutes, we looked we looked like we were going to run off the off the pitch. Honestly, not, yeah, it was not ideal. Um, and and that's been that's just a hallmark of Minnesota United for the last two years is that they just don't look ready to play, and that is. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a fr- that's a frustrating thing, and that is a, a really deeply concerning thing. I know it was hot, honestly. Like it was hot for it everybody. It was very very hot. I was and I was you know, we, we'll talk a little bit about the Champions League in a little bit. But I was like I was drunk, not super drunk actually, because I was actually, actually you being know, a good boy, right? I was being a, I, was, I was being responsible, but I was but it was like I know it was, it was hot out, and I I get all that. Um, but this is a consistent 
uh, problem with Minnesota United and with Adrian Heath teams is that they just they're not ready to play the, for the first 20 25 minutes and most teams uh, that beat us just capitalize on that and honestly Montreal almost did uh, Piotti hit the post uh, on just an amazing shot basically his only his only good opportunity of the game of the uh, was Which is amazing in the first in the first thirty minutes. So like you know, Boxo and and those guys on the right did a good job of, of containing him. Well, um, let's let's not throw anybody too hard under the bus on that opportunity. He made something oh, out of was, nothing. There. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if he puts that one in, it's a completely different match. Honestly. We've seen it before that and we just don't know how to respond. Absolutely, yeah. and and maybe maybe Minnesota wins that game regardless, um, just because the way they played after the after the sort of that water break at the 30th minute but the first first 25 20 minutes of the game were just not great and and minnesota cannot continue to do that consistently if they want to be a playoff team like they need to control games from the start of, from the from the first whistle honestly mm-hmm. so what about you what do you have for the first, worst I, moment of the game yeah so so i agreed on the opening we, we clearly weren't quite there and i think part of the problem was not that we were getting beat out in individual mistakes which i think obviously especially defensively we have a habit of doing but it was that I, I felt like we needed a tighter press. You know, Montreal, they were finding space. They were able to advance with a dribble a little bit too much. Um, you know, we've talked recently about uh, Minnesota as a team that has to play reactively, tactically, because they can't really just exercise their own game plan and trust they've got the talent top to bottom to do it. But this was one of those, and so I don't know why we can't come out of the gate at home against a team piss poor like Montreal. Like they lost eight out of nine coming into that, and then yeah. and then and then play on the front foot there. This is one of the few opportunities to really do that. I think we gave them too much respect and too much space. So yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I, I, I guess the the only and I'll I'll be brief about this because I might talk about it again later. But the only other disappointing moment for me was when I looked at the lineup and saw we didn't feel the number six on the roster. I was hoping this would be the week we play with a dedicated number six. Ibsen and Schuler both had kind of different injury things going on lately. Back, nope, both back in. Just yeah. dropped them both back. Honestly, in. Uh, I mean, I'm just, uh, yeah. Ibsen and Schuler did not play terribly with each other, and I mean they both tracked back. Schuler. Particularly, had a couple of really good defensive uh, defensive uh, plays, um, yeah. clearing some stuff that uh, would have been treacherous, mm-hmm. but for Schuler. So, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I just I don't I don't understand what Adrian it's, Heath is thinking. It's, yeah, it's it's tough because <laughs> I don't have too many specific moments of Ibsen or Schuler. I think they've both been consistent, but I think that the 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 sort of double pistons approach. Has been the wrong one, especially when you yeah. think about the. Uh, the well, let me let me put it this way, um, I think that. No, you. Know, I'm going to save my big fucking orgasmic uh, tactical <laughs> okay. approach for the when we look ahead to Sporting Kansas City. All right, gonna, sounds I'm good. I'm just going to keep it to myself. Let's. let's no, try. let me give you. Hold on. <laughs> Bronze medal worst moment. Okay. Abu Dunladi, a fresh legged sub coming in late and getting beat in a one on one breakaway that by a 36 year old defender. That wasn't great. That was not great. <laughs> that wasn't Dunlady, great. Dunladi, you got to fucking win. I'm that. not going <laughs> to lie. That yes, that you yes, that is 100 percent correct. That was not great. That yeah, was not cr- a great. Credit moment. to Rod Fanny for for pulling it out of his uh, his old old. Ass, yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, man. You gotta yeah. beat him one on one there, Dunlady. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What was your most what the fuck moment? Um. So I'm gonna speaking back to your to the your uh, best moment of the game was the Ramirez goal. Um. Not because of the Ramirez part of it. Um. I mean the Ibsen part was amazing. Uh. That he, you know he just that, the, his presence of mind to uh backtrack and steal that pass uh coming out of the back uh the. Uh, Montreal's third was great. Uh, Ramirez had a great shot. Um, and, you know, it, 
hit the hit the goal hit Evan Bush. It was a dribbler. Um, I have no idea what the fuck uh, Raitala was doing because I wa I've watched that I've watched that goal probably fifteen times between uh, Saturday and today. And I'm like, if you just run a little harder and try and slide. You you mean you, you maybe stop that? You maybe mm -hmm. put that out. And you're doing something. And Raitala was the person who kept him on side. Like mm -hmm. the guy just it, it looked like he was had a wager on the game, <laughs> and he was allowing it because he because he runs a little bit. Like you can see his arms like his little arms like pumping, and then he stops. Like basically like and then he and then he kind of like stomps on the ground. Like he's like what the fuck? And you're like, are you? I mean I know I know they just you know basically made gambling legal on the Supreme Court is like is is is, is <laughs> you're gonna is, double down on is that, Raitala mobbed idea. up? I don't know man. Yeah. I mean maybe Raitala's mobbed up. So. I will say that those are the kinds of mental mistakes that you can force when you're playing with some more pressure, which we did on that play, yeah. and when you create turnovers. That's when people are like, wait, what the fuck now? Which is and which is basically what Minnesota did after like sort of the first 30 minutes yeah. of the game. Like it, better, they looked yeah. complete shit for the first 30 minutes, and after the first 30 minutes, they've actually they actually started to put pressure on Montreal, and that maybe that's it. Like, and he just got really, really upset about you know something. I don't know, but maybe he's also mobbed up, and he just needed to <laughs> let's uh, go with that and make some money. So. Yeah. Good. Yeah. If we could just put some more money instead of paying for DPS, let's just put money in players' pockets and try to buy a couple of wins. Listen, if uh, the if there's some benefactor out there that wants to give me money to yeah. pay off players to not play well against Minnesota United, I'm happy to be right? the uh, the liaison for that. Uh, Make it happen. Yeah, I can be the, the yeah. you know your liaison for that sort of illegal action. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. I, I would do that. Wink. But yeah, but if you hit my DMs, you might find yeah. uh, much yeah. more open attitude. Hit me yeah. up at Texas Zeller, and we'll see you. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah, red cards, yellow cards. Yeah, I got some green cards <laughs> here dealing these shits. <laughs> what was your what, most what the fuck moment of the game? Well, I'll call back to what I, I, I talked about earlier, which is the Montreal meltdown, which happened really on Twitter among Montreal's fan base. Which I mean, fuck them first of all. But well, it's I, also Joey Saputo, who's a fucking crazy oh, oh, fucking yeah. person. No so. doubt. I, so I'm not usually one that gets a lot of joy out of watching other fans go through tough times. A couple of reasons. First of all, because we go through plenty of them ourselves. Yeah, historically. We're, we're Minnesota United we, fans and Liverpool fans. So yeah. We we, yeah. So I know, and, and there's nothing that separates us from them other than the accident of geography and birth. That's Fair, like the only guess, fucking thing maybe. to say. So I don't get a type of uh, shot in front out of that, but I did get some out of this. It's but more, more not so much shot in front, but more like the feeling when you and several other kids were fucking around in class. And like some other kid gets in trouble, but you didn't get noticed. You feel bad for the kid, but at the same time, you're relieved that it's not fucking you for once. You know, that was me. But a lot of the frustration was exercised in sort of deciding whom needs to be fired. And there's plenty of people to hate here. Remy Gard is the French coach there. Um, he's he's built himself. Well, so this is the front office, you know, as well. But they ignored the draft. They've uh, they spent oh, they, got, they got fucking hosed in the draft. Oh, absolutely! On, it was, it was on trade. It was yeah. awful. And they um, they've also spent actually a ton of money in the off season to try and shore up a roster that hasn't paid off at all. Now it's yeah. one thing if you're Minnesota and you're like fans are like, why don't you open up the checkbook? They kind of did, and they still fucking suck. So that can be really frustrating. But the biggest problem here is that naturally things started to turn toward language, which is it's, it's a different issue for them in Montreal because now all of a sudden you have the French speakers who are really upset at the English media for throwing Remy Gard under the bus because it's an English-French thing. And then it started to go places that we don't want it to go. What's the word for not, not xenophobia, not racism, but it's about, like being against the linguistic differences but you live in the same country like you have a problem with people who speak other languages what's that 
There's a word for that. I'm certain uh, of it, but I don't know sure, what it is. Racism is probably another one. What's that? Racism. It's, it's all. It's just language based, right? Okay. They look the same. They live in the same country, but it's a it language. Some of that kind of shit going on. That's never fun. So, nah, anyways, fun. that was the kind of meltdown. Again, once it took that turn, now come on, guys, fucking pull it together. It's not, it's not as good as like someone like you know punching another player, or choking them. Yeah, joking, joking, choking players. Way back in the Montreal, uh, days, literally yeah. punching a guy like. Two minutes after the fucking uh, national anthems and getting a red card right away at the beginning of a game. Well, it's not, it's, what we can it's not Montreal meltdown, you know, typical Montreal meltdown style, no. but it is a Montreal meltdown. And Joey Spoon is a fucking crazy person. Uh, I on the podcast last week. I don't know if you listened to the pod. You did listen to the podcast. I had I to, edit, you had edit, to, that you had to edit that thing. Um, I called Joey Saputo the uh, Ronaldo to Merritt Paulson's Messi of being uh, yeah. crazy fucking crazy fucking. I do remember owners. you saying that. Yeah. That was a really good analogy. I thought. It was, yeah. And Joey Saputo is a fucking crazy person. So uh, you're welcome, Montreal. I, I mean, as much as I really dislike a lot of what this of what Minnesota United does and what this team does and, and how they conduct their business. As long as it's not Joey fucking Saputo right. or Stan Kroenke, yeah. you know, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta acknowledge that. I'm like, at least it's not like those guys. We're doing a lot of great things <laughs> off the field now. Uh, I've Starting never to. questioned that, you know, these are all bad people or yeah. anything. Seems like it's well put together. So let's, let's just thank, yeah. thank uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, or Buddha or whatever. Spaghetti monster. Whatever it gets yeah. you off. Anyways, uh, official scorecard. Uh, what do you got for the official scorecard? Dude, I, I, I literally cannot weigh in. I was not watching in such a way. I don't know. I, I got really a, a general B. Uh, my notes are here. Uh, scab ref going to scab ref. He's <laughs> a scab ref, and I don't respect scabs, so whatever. I just, I, I, he, I didn't, just, he, had, he didn't have a terrible game. Let's put it that way. Like he, no, the game he, was, he game was just generally fine and whatever. I, 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 was, I didn't get a clear view of the nature of the Gomez-Edwards shit that went down in the 20th minute, so I Ooh. can't. But he, he dealt yellows on each side, and... So no, nothing. Gomez deserved that yellow. So okay, I'm, I, I wasn't in a way to watch it yeah. that way. So sorry, listeners. You can fucking <laughs> I can t- tell you all how to unsubscribe from our podcast. Yeah. If that. Uh, yeah, go to davesiknow.com backslash unsubscribe and fuck you. Uh, next Friday, I do that would be the worst way to unsubscribe. <laughs> that would accomplish nothing. Yeah, yeah. Friday, I do a award for man of the match. Yeah, start of the game. Um, you know, I have I have I have kind of two. I have one. Who was the actual star of the game, and I have one who's just been amazing. Um, Miguel Abarra was he had uh, not only like that goal that he scored, the second goal. He also created a chance early, like in the second half, right after that sort of that thirty-minute break when they did the water break. Um, he had he played just he's just been playing out of his mind, running around uh, on the field, just taking care of business, um, following up everything, uh, and he's been just basically the best player. Minnesota United in this first half of the or first third of the season, basically. I also say like sort of second star of the game would be Eric Miller, who we don't talk a lot about, but he has not had a bad. That's, that's part of the hallmark of a good defender. Yeah, he's, he's not, not had a bad. He's basically he's solidified uh, that right for Minnesota United. Um, he has not had a bad uh, a bad game the entire time that he's been here with Minnesota United, and. I mean, yeah, he just he just he's a guy who just shows up and fucking plays the game. And I really appreciate that. I'll, I'll like appreciate the fuck out of that. And he's not he's not ever going to get like man of the match for that. But he just shows up and does his job and does yep. it really really well. So, yep, I was excited about that. Calvo had a pretty decent game as he did. well and Good. thank god. Not Please a, can we can we 
Who wants to buy Francisco Cavo? Yeah, watch that stock go up. He's a. Uh, it was not a man of the match performance, but um, he made he made some crucial moves, and so I was happy was for be- him. It was the best game that Cavo's played in literally the last like month and a half. I think it could be, um, but I, I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Ibarra and Ramirez a tie on this. Um, Ibarra enabled Ramirez's goal with his great work rate, that pressure that led to the turnover, that led to Ramirez's goal. But Ramirez also enabled Ibarra's goal with his movement off the ball that created some space that left Ibarra just one v one with the defender that had him. So it, that that was less obvious, but Ramirez's movement kind of pulls players around. So I think they both helped each other in that way. I you know I'd like to say that maybe Ibarra's defensive work gives him the edge here but I actually recall Ramirez playing as deep as I've ever seen him play in the second half and getting involved too on the defense which is something he does not really do nor is really asked to do so I, they got to both win yeah that's fair I mean one of the problems with Ramirez is that he just he wasn't getting service in this game at all um, and that was partly because of the uh, Ibsen Schuler uh, midfield combined with Quintero not really being a connector this game because Montreal basically shut him down he is my Talking about the next yeah, sort of the transition. Next, yeah, the shittiest player of the game. I thought Darwin Quintero had his worst game ever as a Minnesota United player. He was basically shut down by Montreal. Um, I really hope that Peter Vermees did not watch this game because he figured out how, figure to, out how to you know contain Darwin Quintero. Because and then I mean I, w- I would say Darwin Quintero and Alexi Gomez. I know Alexi Gomez uh, should have scored a goal, hit the post. Um, but how many times did Alexi Gomez just fucking just whale a ball? High and wide, yes. in this game, I, at least three times. He just—I mean—he hit the post once, and then he just literally fucking whaled a ball high and wide at least three times in this game, when he had a mm-hmm. decent shot on on frame, and mm-hmm. or would or should have had a decent shot on frame, and did not actually have a decent shot on frame. So, um, those are—I would say—Kajiro had his worst game. I'm not sure he was the shittiest player of the game. I would get, probably give that to Alexi Gomez, but yeah, I—I I give it to Gomez. Okay. Um, He's got a little bit of a Carlos Rivas symptom going on with his shooting. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I didn't hate hit the work he was doing as much as everyone else on the interwebs appeared to. Um, but I will say I haven't seen anything from him in the time he's been here that make me think he's going to be a dynamic, successful ass kicker either. So no. I, I, I don't think you pull him from the lineup, especially because given injuries and stuff, I don't think there's an obvious equal replacement. But it would be interesting to see someone like Pangop, uh, you know, get a starting run out if we're, we're at like on short rest or something like that. You see what Pangop. Well, no, well, hold on. Because my silver medal for the worst player of the game goes to Pangoff. Nothing I've seen from him suggests that he's good enough. He really is not. I said I think it would be interesting to see what he can do if he gets the start and he gets to settle into a game and stuff like that. He's only come on as a sub a couple of times. So I think that'd be interesting. But when he's played, I haven't seen anything that suggests he's going to be amazing. That's right. I mean, this is this is Gomez's first game, uh, like a full 90, like that he's gone the full 90. So it was interesting. Um, I mean, you know... What did you think of the, the the positional shift on Gomez? Did that change your opinion of what he is or what he can do? If you do, you think, if he played deeper instead of playing I feel as like, an advanced, you know what? Here's the thing. I, yeah, that, that's good. That's a great point. Um, I feel like if Gomez played deeper, he would be uh, a much better fit in what Adrian Heath is trying to do. I think playing as in that if the, if if he's really trying to play, if Adrian Heath is really trying to play a four-two-three-one, which I don't actually honestly think he wants to play. I think he wants to play more of a 4-4-2. Um, which... You've played something like that for stretches, depending on which yeah. you call players. And so, if he's if it's a 4-4-2 and, and Gomez is playing deeper, um, 
I think that I think he's probably he's probably fine. But the problem is, is that the he doesn't really have the uh, the players to play that four four two like he wants to play. So he's sort of forced into playing this four two three one. And while we had a glut of left wingers, you know, not three months ago, now we're sort of it, with obviously with Finlay and Molino out and, and selling Nicholson and all that. Like now we have sort of, sort of this dearth of things. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm concerned about the fact that we're not playing, uh, uh, and, uh, Oton one day, the Cameroonians. Like, why are we not playing these guys? Like, are they not, are they literally not showing up? Well, that's or practice or what? Well, like when I've seen Pangap, nothing has suggested to me well, that no, he's I'm, a starting I, caliber. I agree, hundred percent um, agree. Virgin of so. Wundi, you know, we've talked a million times about what it is that Adrian Heath sees in his central defensive pairing that makes them unimpeachable. Yeah. So I, same fucking response. I don't so, know. So here's a, I, I was listening to uh, the uh, Sound of a Loon podcast, which is the the Minnesota United thing that Steve McPherson does with Callum. Oh, yeah. Callum uh, and he does, and basically, and he was he had a thing with Jimmy Jimmy Watson uh, last week. And basically, Jimmy Watson's like, you need to basically. I'm trying to. I'm gonna try and paraphrase this. But basically, like, yeah. you need to like put money into your pocket of Adrian Heath, right? So, like, if you're a player uh, who is that he doesn't know, like. He's not going to like give you the time of day until you actually do stuff for right. do shit for him in practice that like gives you like a balance in his bank account of you, mm-hmm. and he's not going to change his players based on like a shitty game that they have. Seems like maybe he has a higher threshold it's, for what he needs to see to break his perception. And it's really fucking stupid. And because he sees a lot of poor performance out of the starters stupid. sometimes, yeah. Yes, exactly. And that is kind of the whole point. Like I've heard I've heard from people that Brent Coleman is like just not doing it in practice. And it's like, well, yeah, he's not doing it in practice because he's he's never going to get a fucking chance to start in this team until Fred, like until Francis or Cabo, or until someone's injured, mm-hmm. or you know Cabo's out. So you know, I love everybody on who listens to this podcast knows I fucking love Brent Coleman. He's my favorite player on the team, and hopefully he just he kills it. Uh, mm-hmm. The you know three four weeks that uh, Cabo is gone, um, but. If that is your if that is your baseline, like your your coach is like, there's nothing that you can do. You just bank, you know, credit and practice. But if the guys and I mean, we've clearly seen like, like the, the, the uh, central defenders did have not played well I together. Think you're if, if Calvo shits the bed with the frequency and the intensity that he has, and you still can't find that time, what's your incentive? To bust your ass. Either yes, so 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 yeah. Basically, either the uh, either common is just being a like a lazy ass motherfucker in practice, which I sincerely doubt, um, or there's just nothing he can do, and which is disheartening for him and 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 reduces his motivation. Yeah, when Jamie Watson says like, "Oh, you you build up your bank and practice and all that," it's like, well, that's great, but at the end of the day, if you if there's nothing, if you this guy's mother, this motherfucker is like. Fucking up, like pooching the bed, like, fucking the bed. He's fucking the bed. It's four <laughs> times a game, and there's nothing that 
that you can do to get in, yeah, then you know, tough to I, keep up your practice and yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe Brent Coleman needs to leave Minnesota and go. And I hate saying this I bet because you could, I bet you could find an MLS opportunity. I love I love Brent Coleman. I really wish and I really want him to be in Minnesota for the rest of his life. But you know, if he needs to go play somewhere else, like. Honestly, man, I would sincerely consider looking at that opportunity. So, he's got a, he's got a career to look after. Sorry, that was a step a, away from this game. It was a good yeah. game. We, it, we, it was we left happy. Yeah, we always end on a sad note, but it was a it was a happy <laughs> game to leave. It was a very good game. It was yeah. a very very good game. So, well, let's move on to some news then. Uh, you want to read us the news? Uh, <laughs> yeah, some <laughs> other United news. So, uh, big big news. Boxel was uh, Michael Boxel. The, speaking of I know defenders, who you were talking about. Yeah. He was named the captain while Kava was out, so Thanks good for so. him. Um, the, the sort of the biggest news is that Minnesota was drawn drawn to host a uh, U.S. Open Cup game for the first time in a couple of years, um, and it was not Excellent. against Sporting Kansas City. Amazing. We're in a we're in a group with uh, uh, FC Cincinnati, the Columbus Crew, and the Chicago Fire. Columbus Crew are actually a very good team. And are uh, tied with uh, Sporting Kansas City for the Sports Shield right now, so it's not an easy group. But it's like first time we, we've not been with Sporting Kansas City, so it was like great, awesome, that's fucking fantastic. Minnesota, and they they were hosting the game. Well, then we found out about two hours later that you know what, actually Minnesota United did not apply to host this round. They applied to host the next two rounds, but not this round. So. Yeah, Minnesota United is going to FC Cincinnati to Nippert Stadium, where the Cincinnati Bearcats play, and where FC Cincinnati, who uh, was actually just announced as a as the next MLS team, they'll be joining the league next year mm-hmm. uh, in 2019. So yeah, good on so, them. Their supporters have earned it. They made it. No, they, they made a big deal listen, out there. Yeah, they're a great the, team. They've been. Uh, they've done a lot of really good stuff. They. Uh, uh, had a really great open cup run last year. They went to the, they made it to the semifinals. They lost the Red Bulls in the semifinals. Uh, at an home. amazing run. They, yeah, amazing run. So of course we'll probably win that Lose. game. <laughs> yeah. So no, no. So Minnesota will probably. Here's my. Here's like my ultimate scenario. Minnesota will win that game in FC Cincinnati. Knock out FC Cincinnati. They will go on a run, and will not have the opportunity to host either of the next two games. The ones they actually applied to host for, and so they'll, they'll, they'll go to like Columbus and beat Columbus, and they'll go to wherever the next game is, and they will win both those games. They'll make it to the semifinals, and they'll probably lose eventually. And like the Minnesota United supporters will not again for another year, like not be able to use their U.S. Open Cup ticket. So that was the dumbest thing you've ever said. None of the things that you just said. Worth uh, things probably, probably what happen. So I, I will say in the team's defense, it's it's not uncommon for teams to not apply to host in that first game. I'm not gonna say it's just like every team does it, but it's not unheard of or uncommon. So for what it's worth, no. He's looking at me with the fucking most brutal look right now. Sorry, I know you wanted to see a game. I'm very sorry for you. What's the, what else is going no, on? No, news? for no for a for a team that. <laughs> Almost always goes to Kansas City every year. Like, why wouldn't you try to host that game? You know, you didn't. That's know a you're fan perspective, Kansas though. Yeah, well, I shit. I understand. Sure, I it matters it. for you. Whatever. Fuck it. I get it. But uh, I know it's just frustrating. Um, uh, that's it for other United news. That's all I got. 
as if for other Unitedness. Uh, I, guess, yeah. I suppose you've already uh, uh, talked about uh, Cincinnati joining the yep. MLS. Yeah, Foosball on, so. Club Cincinnati. Okay. And the George World Cup is coming up. That it, yeah, we'll have a chance to talk more about it, but we are. I, I think we're going to give a little bit of a preview uh, next week or the following. Yeah, week. in a couple weeks, I think we're going to yeah. do a, when we have the, a break in between games. Uh, we'll do a World Cup preview. Um, yeah, that'll be right before I go to Iceland. So yeah, we'll do that one in yeah. a couple weeks. So um, we're gonna, we have another we have a segment. I just want segment a one-off segment. A one-off segment, the Liverpool lament. Because, you know, we're Liverpool fans. We used to have a Liverpool minute, which is basically a, the Liverpool lament. It was pretty much week, Liverpool lament. Um, Liverpool lament's going to start off with fucking Loris Carius, and then you shitty fucking dirtbag Sergio fucking Ramos. So that's my Liverpool lament. I do love the, that people were just um, coming around to the idea that Sergio Ramos is a dirty player. And like, what is this? It's like, have you not been yeah. paying attention to fucking Welcome to soccer. international soccer yes, for the last 10 fucking years? Yep. The ball's supposed to go under the bar instead of over, yep. and this is what offsides means, and also Sergio Ramos is a dirty player. Those are like the introductory things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the what he did to, to Salah is, I don't know, bor- it was borderline. It wasn't necessarily uh, a cardinal offense, but you definitely saw him like Turk. Like down and make sure that Salah could not plant his hand to prevent anything. So, is that is that just dark arts? Is that dirty soccer? I don't know. It's a good question. He's played he, enough he dirty fucking, soccer in his life. To elbow, yeah, well, that's that's the whole point with with yeah. Sergio Ramos is that he he's done that. So you're just, he should just he should not be given the benefit of the doubt. He should just be assumed that he's trying to do some stupid shit. Yeah. Um, but what he when he elbowed fucking Curious in the head. Um, that should easily have been a fucking red card. And Real Madrid should have been playing down for 40 minutes. Honestly. Uh, I watched the Champions League final at the Dubliner with mostly, like, actually, like, of the people in the bar, everyone was cheering for Real Madrid, except for the, like, there was a bachelor party that came in, and one guy was like, let's go, Real! And, and someone yelled at him, like, not the right crowd, buddy. <laughs> and, he, and he didn't say anything as he walked past. That's funny. Yeah. So it was it was a, it was a good it was a good crew of people. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Uh, Kate Sophia came down. Jeff Reuter was there. Oh man, uh, I wish I could have. Bunch been there. of a bunch of uh, dark clouds who were not Liverpool fans. Who were just like, hey, I'm it's a, a big neutral. Event, yeah. I would love to watch this game, and I want to yeah. watch this game in a place that has a bunch of uh, Liverpool fans, but it's also not going to be like crazy overrun. Right. Right. With you know, assholes yeah. like Brits probably was. So I, I really had meant to come there yeah. and uh, ended up taking my kids to the swimming pool. <laughs> I watched about half of the game, like okay. the middle half, if that makes sense. So like like, the, like the, probably about the worst part of the game. I watched about 20 minutes on either side <laughs> of the half. And uh, as soon as Bale scored uh, that bicycle kick goal, which will be remembered, by the oh, way. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, was, it was one of the greatest I, goals I, in I knew Champions that there wasn't history, anything that was going to happen after that. It was just one of those moments where you're like, yep, this is this is how the Liverpool script plays out. So, and that was it. I don't know, man. Like, Here's the thing. Like, It was the first 30 minutes of the game, Liverpool dominated. They, yeah. were, they were just dominating Real Madrid. And Real Madrid had, had nothing to offer. Like... They were literally just passing the ball back and forth horizontally in the in the second like the middle third because they just didn't want the ball to have possession. Yeah. So, I mean, Klopp put his 
his stamp on that game, and mm-hmm. he definitely deserved like they definitely Liverpool deserved better, and obviously, uh, Carius did not do himself any favors, and I presume he will never play goalkeeper for Liverpool FC ever again. Really? I don't think he can, man. I don't think he can. That's an, I think that's just another fan-centric opinion, though. Like, I, don't, I, I don't think the coaching staff is looking at it and saying... Sure, yeah, that's go. fine. And, and you're, you're probably right in that respect, but, like, I don't, I don't, under, I don't know how he will ever recover from, from that. What I could see is him, like, having I mean, a crisis of confidence... Out. I mean, and then all of a sudden he legitimately sucks on a consistent basis, and then the coaching sure. staff has so no, let me let me take no that back. I, I don't I don't then. I don't see him playing for Liverpool next year. So I could see I could see Liverpool loaning him out for a year, letting him get some confidence back again, maybe in like in uh, in like uh, the Dutch or maybe like uh, Champions uh, the Championship or some place like that because um, he's still under contract. So I could see him. I don't ever. I, I shouldn't say. I don't see him not playing for Liverpool ever again. I just don't see him playing for Liverpool next year. And I, and honestly, I think the only way he does is that if uh, Liverpool signs someone like Allison or Donnarumma, and they keep Carius as the second keeper, and then they sell Mignolet, which I could also easily see them doing and keeping Carius. But I don't think I don't think Carius gets major minutes in Liverpool for the foreseeable future so well it's um you know what real madrid has won a uh uefa champions league title and the Cavs and the warriors are in the nba final and the world fucking continues to turn it, it does it does did you have any other thing anything else about i don't the, care about anything yeah none I of know. this matters none I of anything know, matters that's I, one of the tough things like we come here and podcast yeah. but one of the things that we don't talk about enough is that nothing that ever happens matters to anyone it doesn't ever. it doesn't I will We're all say it's gonna fucking burn up in entropy and all that. Yeah? yeah, I will say I cried at the end of the. Did you? I did. Um, my wife but was there. Benjamin and was crying probably right about that time really? too, if I remember okay. correctly. Yeah, yeah. lamenting Liverpool. Uh, no, I think Liverpool he. I think he got chlorine in his eyes. Okay, that's fair. Same difference. Like straight basically. chlorine, like he just like a, I splashed chlorine. Same in his difference. Eyes. No, um, drinking is bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> and bar, the, so, the barkeep yeah. just wanted me to drink more, and as yeah, as, as you know, I don't do that. No, I know you don't. Um, no, I, I did. I was. It was. It was. It was, it was a frustrating experience. Well, no fucking game. shit. Yeah. But it was. But it was. I mean, it was great. There was. I had so many friends, people who were there, who who were there just were not Liverpool fans. Who were just basically there, just, like yeah, supporting. Friends. You know, supporting me and, and the other Liverpool. Like Charlie Callahan was there, and like other people who were like Liverpool supporters. Uh, people like like Bruce McGuire, Bill McGuire came down, and, and what better way to watch a loved one die than surrounded by friends? And yeah, family, exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta take advantage of that. You gotta you gotta appreciate that when you can. So, um, and I miss my little brother's uh, All Star Baseball game at Target Field. <laughs> oh, he, fuck he, yeah, my little brother played in an All Star Baseball game at Target Field uh, on Saturday. I missed that because I was watching my shitty ass soccer team. Fuck them. Get their ass kicked. <laughs> So, all right, uh, let's we'll move. Again. <laughs> let's move in. We have a couple more segments to go. Yeah. Um, let's move into better, better know a loon. Um, the better know a loon segment this week is about Michael Boxall. Yeah, babe. Yeah. So I got some. Uh, I got some Michael Boxall uh, facts dirt. for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Facts. You call them <clears throat> yeah, facts. facts. They dirt. are. They are facts. They are 100 percent true. They are definitely not 
untrue at all. So, uh, Michael Boxall, he's represented uh, the New England, the New, New Zealand. England, the New Zealand senior te- national team, twenty-eight times. Uh, he won his first cap in 2011. In 2011, I was definitely not smoking a lot of weed and listening to Rihanna's Talk That Talk album on repeat. I was definitely not doing that in 2011. So. I think some of those things are true. Yep. Those, there, there, are, there might be several true things in that, in that statement. It's so weird that you come on here and talk about smoking marijuana all the time when that is, when that is fucking both illegal and then also... I was definitely Are not. Are you not embarrassed in front of your lord that when you say that? I was definitely not smoking. Oh, weed. that's right. Yeah, you said yeah, you weren't. So I was definitely right. not doing that. So, well, God, yeah. you know, so those God, are, God can speak to your heart, <laughs> and He understands. What's those happening. are facts. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, Boxel fact number two: Boxel played for the Vancouver Vancouver Whitecaps on two thousand until two thousand twelve. Uh, the Whitecaps are a shit team in a shit city. Come at us, Vancouver. Man, I'm gonna. Vancouver's a fine city with a dirty, dirty, fucking sweaty shit smelling team, but a fine city. Sure. All right. Uh, after departing the Vancouver Whitecaps in 2012, Boxel returned to his native country to play for Wellington Phoenix, uh, the New Zealand representative in the Austrian Australian A League. Australia is also is a known. Yes. Is New, Ze- New Zealand has an Australian A League team? Yes. And shit, it's Wellington Phoenix. Um, I didn't know yeah. That. Australia is also a known haven for criminals and degenerates. New Zealand is best known for hobbits. Yeah, New Zealand got the. Better I feel like of that, this is yeah. like right up your alley. No, straight up. The yeah, hobbits, so yeah. like, and you have to read. Um, you have to read the Hobbit. You can't read just the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Absolutely. You have to read the Hobbit as yeah. a prequel, and then you find out that is where England. This takes place, by the way, in real life. That's where England shipped out all of the dwarves and midgets, and they sent them to New Zealand while sending their criminals to the penal colony in Australia. Sure. This is historical, fa- and then of yes. course they sent, you know, rum and tobacco and shit. What they rum? <laughs> they don't have any fucking rum in it. <laughs> it's clearly not true. Okay. Anyways, keep going. Uh, tobacco and gin is what you were trying to. Yeah, yeah. Trying to convey uh, there. Yeah. So in 2015, Boxer moved to South Africa. Uh, the South African side, Super Support United. He made 53 appearances, helping the team win the Ned Bank Cup, which is basically the South African equivalent to the U.S. Open Cup. Um, he has never won anything since. Well, yeah, he's spent spent time in Minnesota and Vancouver. Yep. Of course, he ain't fucking. So, uh, fact uh, fact number four: uh, Boxel's 28 senior team call-ups and zero goals. He also has zero World Cups attended, thanks to Peru. What a piece of human garbage. Yeah. Uh, Boxel attended UC Santa Barbara, whose nickname is the Gauchos, which is, uh, let's call a spade a spade, kind of racist. What does Gauchos mean, literally? Uh, I don't. The logo is a guy with a Mexican hat on. I'm just. That's like, literally, literally their mascot yeah. is a Mexican looks guy. It's kind of racist, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I thought the Wait, I thought, if there were a team called like UC the Santa Minnesota was, Caucasians. Would I thought you UC be down Santa Barbara was the banana slugs, but maybe that is. Oh, that sounds racist. Too. Santa Cruz. <laughs> that sounds kind of racist. I don't even know what that uh, means, uh, but it sounds racist. All right. So, final fact: Boxel is the interim captain of Minnesota United FC. He's also the interim captain of the Minnesota United Ultimate Frisbee team, where he exceeds as a D-line handler and plays mid-mid in their three-three-one zone. That's not really a, a I've fun never been fact. That's just a fact about Ultimate Frisbee that I I, I am also a, that kind of player. So I have never been more certain that you just made up a bunch of fucking phrases than I am right now. <laughs> I absolutely did not. If you are an oh, Ultimate yeah. Frisbee player. A D-line yeah. handler who plays mid-mid with the three zone, that's, huh? That's exactly kind of... I don't even my, know what accent that was. That's uh, kind of my position. 
Is it? When I play Ultimate Frisbee, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, all right. I don't let's, think you know what you're Let's move on. Let's talk about the Sporks again. At, I feel like we just talked about the Sporks. So, yeah, I kind of don't want to break it into our usual way because we'd just be saying the same shit we said two weeks ago. Sure. Um, you have put in our podcast agenda, let's bet this. Yeah. You want to bet on the game? Sure. So All right, do it. So Go. here's so here's the lines uh, as of uh, this morning uh, when I lines for those who don't gamble would suggest the amount of money you would win given an amount bet on the game. Sure, exactly. It helps you realize who is favored to yeah. win and not favored to so, win. So uh, Casey winning this game is their negative two seventy. So basically, you would need to bet two hundred seventy dollars to win a hundred on Kansas City. Uh, Minnesota winning this game is uh, plus five forty three. So you need to bet. Uh, you bet $100 in order to win. If you bet $100, you win $543 if Minnesota wins this game. Uh, draw is plus 473 So Minnesota is in a worse... A draw is a better bet than Minnesota winning this game, which is kind of saying... That's not good for us. Yeah. Kansas um, City heavily favored. Heavily favored. So uh, basically, if you want to bet the, the line on this game, which would be like how many goals Kansas City will beat us by... Um, uh, plus one, plus a goal and a quarter, basically. So plus more than a goal, um, sporting Kansas city. So the line for Minnesota is basically negative one Oh one. So you bet a uh, hundred bucks, um, or bet $101. You can win a hundred bucks if Minnesota loses by less than a, less than two goals. Basically. I just vomited. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the over under for the game is three goals. Um, the over is a hundred is basically uh, minus one nineteen. So you need to bet a hundred bucks to win, or hundred nineteen dollars to win a hundred. Um, the under uh, is negative one oh six. So basically, they're, they're expecting this game to I go. Th- I over think you, yeah, goals. I think you, I think you've suggested in, in a handful of metrics here that Minnesota is not favored to win. No, they're not. Yes, not at all. So okay. let's talk about who's good. I don't want to talk. So let, let me throw you this because I, I don't want to break it down the same way. We, we talked a couple weeks ago. Everyone is good, top to bottom. We know that. Well, Kyra- there's 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 one guy who's not good. Who who is that in your opinion? Uh, Jimmy Madronda, Madronda, but he's not going to play. Also, I was going to point out. I was going to point out that uh, Johnny Russell is playing for Scotland on Sat- uh, Saturday. That's a good point. Uh, against Mexico, so he's not playing in the game. So there's going. They're going to be young guys in in the lineup and. The problem is, is that those young guys are going to be in, like, in the forward positions, which is not really where Minnesota can exploit. Because if Peter Vermees is right and smart, he will not put Jimmy Madronda on the pitch against Miguel Bar again. He'll run out Seth Sinovich again. That's f- that's fair, but it'd be you know Madronda is really flexible and can play a lot of positions, especially on the left, as advanced as a winger, as is pulled back as a fullback. So I think. There could be flexibility depending on outages and stuff. So what is Madron? So I was thinking about that. I was like, how does? I mean, I don't know if you've looked at. Um, so the one thing about Sporting Kansas City is that they have a lot of really good players, but they're not deep at all. They're really not deep. Um, they had a 16-year-old on their bench against the Columbus Crew last week. Uh, for a 16-year-old uh, homegrown forward on their bench, so they don't have. And I mentioned this uh, on the podcast last week with Luke is that uh, Vermees made one substitute against Minnesota United 
uh, a couple Sundays ago. He like, knew he had the one lineup he needed. Fucking substitute. And he executed. And right, yeah. all the players played. You know the entire. And that was time. like a 30th minute. So yeah, 30, too. yeah, 35th it was minute. A tactical so, sub. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a, yeah. It, yeah it was and tactical. It was not it. even like, and he. That's the only sub he made the entire game. Mm-hmm. So, my question is: is so what is what does Vermees do? Does he play? Does he play his four three three? Does he move Espinosa up and put Madronda in where Espinosa is playing, or does he play one of the young kids? So like, there are two. The two forwards that were on the bench last week against Columbus were uh, the 16-year-old uh, kid, and then they have a, a guy they signed from their uh, Swell Park Rangers, their USL team, um, who's 25. Um, I mean, I don't imagine him want. So I guess the question is, does he change his tactics at all, or does he run with the 4-3 that he's you know, been playing, um, you know, minus Johnny Russell, uh, and just run it back out again? So I. So for I, I wouldn't if I were him I wouldn't run um, I wouldn't run uh, Espinoza up 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 any higher I don't think that he's got the legs for that kind uh-huh. of position and he's he's an old dude now. It, yeah you know older than you I think even which is old I don't, yeah so, that's very old that's very old so um, so I don't think he'll do that I think he's he's going to be more likely to see this as the kind of game at home against a team that overall although maybe our last five games have produced more points than our last ten. Um, I think he sees this as a winnable game where he can run out a younger player, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him maintain relatively similar tactics to what he executed after the 35th minute, you know, the other week, uh, and, and maybe just play some straight like-for-like subs. Um, would not shock me if that's the approach, because it was a winning approach on the road, and um, uh, you're right, they're, they're, not a, they're not a deep, deep team, so, so maybe there's opportunity there. Um, what I would say from a Minnesota standpoint, we know, we know when we've already established Minnesota cannot just run out and exercise its will over a team, certainly not on the road against a Kansas City, not even at home against a fucking San Jose. So fine. So they have to play a little bit reactively. What I think I would really like, we know that Kansas City plays a press top to bottom, not even just a high press, although they press high. It's top to bottom press. They play close. Um, it can create turnovers and create chaos. And then all of a sudden you're breaking with a bunch of open space in front of you. Please, Adrian Heath, I know you're listening to this. You listen every week. <laughs> Always. Play <laughs> a defensive midfielder. If you are Kansas City and you get the ball all of a sudden on a turnover and you've got some space, how nice would it be to have a stay-at-home defensive midfielder to clean up those kind of mistakes instead of a dual Pistons number eight kind of situation going on? The only biggest, maybe the biggest downside of that is that all of a sudden you leave Ibsen with a ton of space to cover because up top in the midfield, Quintero is basically a second striker. He's not really dropping back that deep. And then now if you've got a number six hanging way, way back, Ibsen's got a ton of space. He has to, the best way to go about handling that, play narrowly. Give those wingers, again, license to roam, which we talk about a lot, but have their default position be more central. So you've got a defensive midfielder, a true stay-at-home defensive midfielder. You've got Ibsen located relatively centrally. The wingers are playing relatively centrally, and you you, you have this very narrow approach that is going to hopefully at least prevent counters on, off of a turnover that go right up the gut, as well as having shorter, quicker passes through the buildup and being able to clean up messes uh, better, I think, centrally. And then, you know, you use selectively use fullbacks to create the width that you need. So who do you who do you want in that? You want Max Maximiano? Do you want Colin Warner? Do you want Colin Martin in that position or uh, Colin Martin? And then who's opinion, and, and then who's the and then who's the eight? Is that Ibsen? I, so Ibsen? so I think okay. Schuler goes. 
I think Gibson stays out. There is okay. too much of a creative dynamo to get off of the field. Um, I So Colin Warner is not a defensive midfielder. The, the only true uh, defensive midfielders in my mind that we have healthy right now are Colin Warner and uh, Max Miano. I haven't seen enough of Max Miano to say that he's good or he's bad. I think we haven't seen enough. I haven't seen anything out of him that's egregiously poor or anything, so I'd love to see him get the start if he's healthy and, and, and enough to go the distance. Um, I guess I could see Colin Warner getting that. I don't hate Colin Warner the way some people, <laughs> uh, I think, do, but I think that he needs to understand his position, Warner. and I, I think he plays sometimes too much of a number eight. If he stays at home, plays a number six position, understands his role, I think he'd be fine. Play a defensive midfielder against a team that's going to create turnovers and break like this one. It's the perfect thing to do to clean up spills. Please, Lord, do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I 100% agree with that. Like pretty much everything you just said. Um, this team is... We, we sort of like realize that this team is much more of a counter counterattacking team. And I think maybe he's picking up on that than they are a possession-based... Um, you know, we're going to kill you with possession and, and, and you know, Barcelona tiki-taki style team. So hopefully Heath is picking up on that fact that this team is better at just containing pressure and then just counterattacking. And we have we have the pieces. Uh, there's, like, one of the things, you, you, you know, shit on Minnesota all you like. Like, we have people who can actually do shit in the final third. Unlike... Yeah, many teams in this league, and so we just need to get the, we need to get the ball to them. So like that was the big thing last week is that you know Ramirez just didn't get any, he didn't really get any uh, uh, any service from anybody else, um, which is like weird when you have two basically number eights in uh, Schuler and Ibsen in the midfield. Like how are like how is how is Ramirez not able to connect with those guys? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I, I definitely agree with you that like. So I definitely agree with you. Like we need like a Maximiano or a Colin Warner who's staying at home, or a Colin Martin in a more like number eight role, because Colin Martin can actually like distribute. I think, um, but knowing that his role is basically to stand or sorry number six role, stand at the top of the box and just be the catalyst to mm-hmm. get the ball upfield. So. Yeah, I, so I, I will say that if, if counterattacking is what we are, that my really narrow four-two-two-one-one idea or whatever you want to call it is not the best for a counterattack. For a counterattack, you need outlets, and if everybody's playing in a fucking straight line, it's not a great way to play outlets. No. But um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's the best way to mitigate what I expect Kansas City to do well this time around. Sure. Yeah. That's my take. And you know, here's the thing. Like, so we'll we, you know we'll see what they do with their with their. Uh, with Kansas City's formation, I'm presuming it's going gonna, gonna to say a four-three-three. Peter Vermees has actually, you know, brought in a bunch of people to, and he, he's actually running a, I think, a system now that he's actually really good at, and um, you know, so whether they plug in one of their academy players or you, you know, younger players, or I don't think they're going to modify their their game, as, as you mentioned before, like no one changes their game based on playing Minnesota United. Yeah. How are we going to hit their weakness? No. Yeah. You you focus on optimizing the things that you want to yeah. do, not reacting to the things we're going to do. Exactly. So, uh, what's your what's your call here? I'm just going to say so we we have one final segment in this part of the podcast and uh, Peter <laughs> Peter Vermees is a massive dickweed. Um, yep, he's still a massive dickweed. So, there's that. So, do you have anything to add on the 
Peter Vermees is a massive dickweed segment of the um, podcast. Only well, uh, Peter, Vermees, Peter Vermees being, being a massive, a massive d- dickweed. dickweed? Yeah. He's, got, he's got a DUI. Does he? I, Good. You know, people, I got two, so. I was, yeah, uh, there are people who have DUIs. <laughs> I'm just trying yeah, to say, that's not, I'm just trying to throw out things under that head. That's not like, a reason why he's a massive dickweed, but, you know. It really doesn't, doesn't help. help. It's better to not yeah. have it than yeah. to have that's it. That's fair. So. Okay. All right. So yeah. So he yes. Peter Vermees is still massive dickweed. Um, <laughs> what do you got? I got uh, SKC beating a three to one. That's my exact scoreline as is well. Really? Okay. Cheers, mate. Oh, uh, yes. Cheers. World Cup, America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right. Uh, so our scores from last week. Uh, Luke and I did not do well on predicting. No, uh, I didn't make games. any calls. You did not. Our, our ardent listeners will remember. So that, uh, FC Dallas beat Toronto uh, on the road, uh, one nothing. Toronto, it's officially scary now. Like it, it used get, to be, like boy, Concacaf Champions League hangover. It's now get, it's getting a little bit scary. Yeah, uh, the Dynamo beat NYCFC at home three to one. Neither of us picked that. Dynamo actually very good this yeah. year. Yeah, LA Galaxy beat San Jose one nothing on the road or at home. Uh, both me and Luke picked that one correctly. San Jose uh, is bad. Yes, they are very bad. RSL beat the Seattle Sounders one uh, nothing on the road. Luke picked that. I did not. Seattle Sounders also crushingly bad. Yeah. Like Toronto looks like they need to get healthy. Sounders look like they need to head back. So to the, the Sounders. Board. So forty-two percent of the Sounders goals have come against the Minnesota United, and a hundred percent of the San Jose wins have come against Minnesota United. Yeah. That says a lot about the Western Conference, I think. It says a lot Uh, about us, too. Yeah. Vancouver and New England tied 3-3 in Vancouver. I picked that one correctly. I think I said a 2-2 draw. Um, Red Bulls and Philadelphia also tied 0-0. Philadelphia actually secretly a fairly good team. They are, yeah. Uh, Orlando City lost uh, at home to Chicago 2-1. Luke Craig picked that correctly. Is Orlando City good, or are they just really no, bad? No, they're bad. They, they're bad. They had a run of six games, and that's great, but they played poor teams. Yeah. Uh, they're now in a span of, like, a really bad stretch, a brutal stretch of about 13 games where they're only playing good teams, except for this one against Chicago, actually. Chicago's not a good team. Still lost. Yeah. They've lost three in a row right now. They're showing who they really are. All right. That's not as fair. good as we thought. So our win down in Atlanta was not as, uh, not as good as it probably should have been. They, they retooled that their front six in a big way this year. Yeah. And you should expect them to be really good, and they're not as good as they probably should be. Yeah. All right. Uh, Minnesota United beat Montreal uh, 2-0. We both predicted that one correctly. Uh, Colorado lost, of course, at home to Portland 3-2. Uh, we both picked that one correctly. Portland have more points this many games into the season than they ever have. Wow. So even with their very soft start, which and they, they were, did have a very soft start, and our because they their first win was against us. Yeah, so they they now have more in points. April. Yeah, they now like have more points game, this this far into, and they're on a they're on a hell of a tear right now. So. All right, uh, LAFC and DC United tied one one in LA, uh, and Sporting Kansas City and the Columbus Crew split the points in uh, Kansas City last week zero zero. Uh, Sporting and Columbus are tied atop the supporter shield right now. So wouldn't that be a great way for Columbus to go leave Columbus with a fucking shield <laughs> and then go down to uh, San Antonio? Go down to uh, Austin, yeah. Uh, yeah, Austin. Yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. Cool. 
All right, so let's talk about uh, what's coming up this week. We have a, a bunch of uh, midweek games, uh, games that are going to happen. Not a lot of great ones tonight or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this thing. Um, so New England hosts Atlanta United. I have a three-one Atlanta, or sorry, I, New England winning. So I, I call I call the New England win three to two over Atlanta. I have secretly peaked at the scores since then. Not accurate. <laughs> I encourage you to look at the score of this game while we continue to run through these scores. Is this game going on right now? I thought this game was on was tomorrow. Am I fucking misremembering something? <laughs> maybe I saw. Maybe I, <laughs> I think these games are on Wednesday night. Maybe so I like, missed saw what I saw. Maybe okay. okay. All right, uh, so I've got a three to two New England win. <laughs> okay, uh, Philly versus Chicago. I have a two two draw. I forgot uh, that I'm fucking the, from the future. <laughs> uh, I got a Philly win over Chicago. Chicago's not good. Philadelphia actually secretly good. Yes, they are. Uh, RSL is also secretly good. I have them beating the Houston Dynamo three to two. Houston Dynamo is very good, but it's not even a secret. They're going to win 2-1. to one. Ooh. They don't ever win on the road, though, which is, you know, a thing. Um, New look Dynamo. LA Galaxy, I have them beating FC Dallas 2-1. to 1-1 one. One, one draw. Okay. Uh, Carrell versus – this is the uh, this Friday game, I think. Carrell versus Vancouver. I have Vancouver beating Carrell 2-1 to one huh. in, in Colorado. This is the game I'm looking forward to the least. Like, what happens if the ball – like, so that, you know, they have the kickoff. Right at the start. Yeah. What happens if neither team tries to touch the ball? What if both teams just bunker and just wait for the other team, and then nobody ever touches the ball for 90 straight minutes? Well, Vancouver will just keep lobbing it in there uh, for crosses, but yeah, I guess. Uh, like Colorado, I mean, Colorado might not touch the ball. That's 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 a very fair assumption. <laughs> but Vancouver's at least going to try and thump it in. They're going to try and cross like 60 times during the game. <laughs> This game will I'm not be saying they're actually going to connect on any. No, of they will not. Uh, I think they're going to connect on two, but that's that's me. No, I've got a Van- I've got Vancouver winning one to nothing on the road, and it's going to be the, one of the ugliest games of the year. That's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, Portland hosting LA Galaxy. They have a Portland uh, win four two over the LA Galaxy. Portland three to nothing. Portland's hot. Yeah. Our New England hosting the Bread Bulls. I have New England and Bread Bulls with the one one draw. Sneakily, the best game of the week actually here. New England and Red Bulls. I got Red Bulls winning on the road, uh, two to one. New England's quite good this year. Weirdly, yeah, they they haven't been as good as they should be. I feel, which is what we always say about New England, but they've right. been better than we often see them relative to where they should be. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, NYCFC hosts New Ar- uh, Orlando City. I have NYCFC winning two to one. Uh, three to one, New New York. Uh, whatever, All right. Whatever you say. Uh, the crew hosts Toronto FC. I have the crew winning three to one in Columbus. Yeah, it gotta be. Uh, uh, crew winning two to one. Toronto's problems are very real. Yeah, uh, I think we figured that out. Uh, Montreal Impact. I have actually this one. They're hosting the Houston Dynamo. Montreal Impact are fucking terrible. I have the Houston Dynamo going on the road and winning two nothing. As much as I would love to see Montreal play uh, San Jose and watch them just vomit into each other's shorts. Uh, I got I got Dynamo winning on the road three to nothing. Montreal Impact are bad. Yes, they are. Um, Atlanta United hosts Philadelphia uh, on Saturday. I have them winning four to two over Philadelphia. Uh, Atlanta two to nothing over Philly. Philly's good. They're not that good yet. Sure. Atlanta United gives up a lot of goals though, so I think they're maybe nope, some goals for that one. All right. FC Dallas hosts. CJ Spong has DUI too. Oh, that's, that's he grew right. up under the tutelage of uh, <laughs> Peter Vermees. All Fair I'm enough. trying to say is, let's think about this, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's you're in Kansas City. You're going to get a DOI at least Look, once. <laughs> CJ, here's how you... Look, hold on. No, blow into this I mean, honestly, I'll show you. You live in Kansas City, you're going to get a DOI at least that's, once. That's fair. Honestly, that's... I didn't think know. about it that way. Our FC Dallas hosts uh, LAFC. I have FC Dallas 
winning one nothing over uh, LAFC. I got a, I got a two two draw, and this will be the second best game of the week. Ugh. I mean, LAFC's losing a lot of players for the uh, for the World Cup. I'm playing a lot of guys who've never played before. So. That's why I don't have them splitting FC Dallas's ass wide open. Okay, fair enough. All right, Chicago hosts San Jose. I have Chicago beating uh, San Jose. So I went swimming with my kids the other day, like a lot, over the Memorial Day weekend. And I was swimming with Natalie, and I was kind of like holding her and stuff and kind of swinging her around. And she starts yelling out really loud, like, Daddy, stop holding my butt open. (laughs) And so like, we're in a crowded fucking space. I don't need people here, and like I'm holding my daughter's butt open. I was just holding on to her. Okay. Little. I thought you might like to hear that. Yeah, and <laughs> did I interrupt your flow? I'm sorry. Yeah. What are your I thoughts? I might like to hear about 20 strangers <laughs> think that I'm a pedophile. No, no, go back to what you were saying. Well, what are your thoughts on Chicago versus San Jose? Yeah, Chicago uh, won to nothing over San Jose. <laughs> okay. A runner-up for the worst game of the week. <laughs> That's That didn't have anything to do with Chicago-San Jose. No, it was yeah. a di- different topic. I mean, yeah, uh, I was going to try and make a, a connection. I don't really no, want don't. to. Uh, okay. RSL. Playing the second game for the week, I have them beating the Seattle Sounders two to one. They beat Seattle in Seattle last week, so yeah. uh, this will be interesting. What do you yeah, got? I've I've got a nil nil draw, but um, if anybody's going to win this, it's going to be RSL. All right, and then we both had uh, Sporting Kansas City beating Minnesota United, so yeah, boy. that's fun. That's fun. All right, so now we're to the point of the podcast where we uh, answer your fucking questions. Uh, Bridget McDowell asks, one thing I'm pondering out of the hunt, that is the U.S. Open Cup, the hunt trophy. Uh, curious of your thoughts. Will MNUFC enter a new level of U.S. SOC? U.S. US Open Cup, I think is what she must have been going for. Or is buying out to Kansas City becoming a tradition? As Dave mentioned on the Twitters, we're not going to play Kansas City until at least the couple of rounds in. Semifinals. So if we played Kansas City, that'd be a hell of a job. We've run, done a actually. hell of a job. I yeah. think here's – I already expounded upon my thoughts on this. I think we actually uh, – we beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati. We then are not able to host the games because the games are – and we make a run, and we and Minnesota United fans are never able to actually see a U.S. Open Cup game. That's yeah. my that's my thoughts. What are your what are your thoughts on yeah, the I love, US Open Cup? I, I love marijuana just as much as you do. However, I will I say I really do love marijuana. I think yeah, devil's lettuce. Um, I think we are going to lose to the FC Cincinnati's. That also would not surprise me at all. No, so. not at all. Um, so uh, R uh, R-S-C spoken, spoken word. word. That's Rodrigo. He's also he's on the fifty five one uh, podcast podcast a bunch. Really? Um, yeah, Cantero. Does he know about our podcast? He, apparently, because he asks <laughs> asks us a question. Cantero. Better than midfield, or is a holding forward? What are your thoughts? He's not a holding forward. He doesn't play. Hold no, he played play. that. He played sort of that like that false nine uh, in LAF in LA when uh, Ramirez was yeah, out. He, could, he, he can do he can do false nine stuff, and he can do withdrawn striker stuff, and he can do some playmaking stuff. He's not a hold up dude. No. It, it, plus, I mean, and I don't want to stereotype players physically, but he's the dude's like fucking five three. Very hard for dude is five three to play hold to play. It takes a physicality. You need to use your body to create space and time. <laughs> Sound like fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> stuff. There. Um, no, so, so that if if so maybe he meant something else. But is he a better forward or a better midfielder, for instance? Probably a better forward, is my opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely not a holding if forward. We he's, mean a genuine striker. Yeah, he's def- I mean Ramirez is much better in that position as yeah. a holding forward because he can actually like 
he's big enough that he can. And he actually figured out how to body out people now, so he can actually didn't like, do that do in that. A- NASLs. No, he did not no. at all. I, I saw him shy away from contact. Is my opinion. Yeah, maybe so, he disagreed. So yeah, so so yeah, midfielder. I guess is the answer to that question. Nope, striker is my. Uh, answer. <laughs> but if, so I know an, an actual genuine striker. Not a holding. I, I'm, I'm assuming when he called him a holding forward that it was a mistake. That That's, he meant that something is, else. That is what he put on the okay, Twitter. Yeah. He's so, not a holding forward. So anyway. there you go. Fine. So, yes. Not a holding forward. It's better as a midfielder than a holding forward. Fine. But he's a better pure striker <laughs> than he is a number 10 Fair enough. attacking mid. That's okay. Fine. okay. That makes sense. Um, Dan Scarab asks, why does David suck so much? And I think that has to be about me. Yes, to you. Um, I, I told I Dan and I, I have spent a lot of time together uh, because he's he's heavily involved in TIFO. Yes, I told him that we actually need to uh, that we might actually need to just do a sixty nine minute uh, Patreon podcast about why David sucks so much. Yeah, we um, don't we don't have time to delve as deeply into it as he no, probably not, wants. No, not not right now. Not in this I think, podcast. I think um, hypocrisy is a big part of why. I yeah, suck. but we we're th- we're thinking about a Patreon, guys. I'm just, I'm, let, I'm throwing that out there. Zeller's would you guys would you guys be willing to help contribute to this podcast uh, to help pay David for things like uh, hosting the podcast, paying for mics and all that fun shit? If so, uh, let us know because we would definitely. I think we could probably produce some other content. Yeah. He's signing Anyways. up for content. Uh, Adu Rosales asks, uh, this is on, off of Facebook, everyone has a take on who wins the World Cup. How about you tell us which team finishes 32nd? Thanks. Who finishes 32nd in the World Cup? Yeah, so I'm looking at all the teams right now. This is not a question I, I, I unfortunately had the time to really think about. I've got a couple of entries here. Okay. okay. Panama. Panama is a national team. Does they not, are not good. Um, but Tunisia really standing out here. Uh, Tunisia also not good. Opening against England here. Uh, I'm going to go Tunisia. Tunisia comes in dead fucking last. No points. And they go home not only losers, but uh, they are harassed by their own citi- fellow citizens. Uh, that's a good one. Tunisia's um, bad. Yeah, Tunisia is not very good. I, you know what? I'm gonna go with Saudi Arabia. Okay. And in, in Group A, um, they got Uruguay, Russia, and Egypt. And I think if Mosala is healthy, this is also uh, Mosala contingent thing. If Mosala is healthy, Saudi Arabia is Saudi Arabia is not good team, and Russia is also not a good team. But Russia, I think, will have the benefit of obviously, you know, home field, all that. Saudi Arabia could could not score a goal in this World Cup and basically it outscored by like probably ten goals. So I'm gonna go with Saudi Arabia. My my runner up, uh, my like sort of second choice for this is uh, Morocco. Morocco. Morocco yeah, is also not very time, good. Yeah. Uh, they do play Iran, and Iran that might be that might be a draw. So I'm. Might some, get one point. Yeah, like yeah. one point each, like zero zero draw. But I think Saudi I w- Arabia is probably the. the worst I want to quickly call out that I think Adu gets the spirit of this podcast. He does. That's a question <laughs> much more geared for the spirit of this podcast. <laughs> he absolutely Who finishes dead last. Yeah, in the World he absolutely Cup. does. And well, and we'll thanks, bud. You know what we should do? Actually, like, when we do our World Cup podcast uh, preview yeah. uh, in a couple weeks, like we'll do like yeah, we'll do all the all the fun stuff. We'll, like, we'll make some fun pred- predictions shit, and stuff yeah. like that. So. Um, Brian Hamp, rank the Star Wars films. This is a, a fun a fun That's thing. That's a fucking Patreon podcast, too. Um, yeah. 
I'm not gonna rank literally everyone because I didn't prepare for this. Empire question. Empire is, is obviously number one, and Empire the fact that Brian one. does not have that in his top five. That was con that was confusing, crazy, to me, yeah. and insane, and I'll Brian put, is a terrible, put, terrible um, father. I'll put Empire first. I'm gonna put New Hope second. I'm gonna put Rogue One third. I really enjoyed Whoa. Rogue One. Oh yeah, I enjoyed Rogue One. Yes. That's aggressive. All right, I like that. Wait until you hear where I have Revenge of the Sith. Four? Four. Yes. <laughs> We're playing with fire, or more like fucking hot lava. Right? Oh, that. So this is. So let me at least finish on. out the top five. This is here. definitely. This is definitely like a Patreon podcast. Yeah. Like, just talking about Star Wars films. Yeah. So. The, the rest of them pretty much fall where, where you'd expect. I think, like, if there's anything like a consensus among Star Wait, Wars fans, Attack I think of the they Clones. Attack of the Clones, second to last. Okay. What's last? Uh, Phantom Menace. Okay. Phantom Menace is, is a really poor... Uh, here, here's my thing. Revenge of the... And I said this on Facebook. Revenge of the Sith is a flawed but at least entertaining movie. I like the I, way it culminates I all the backstory. I and don't stuff. disagree with yeah. that. At Maybe all. you think at 4 all. is aggressive, but the problem is that like I honestly don't think that many of the Star Wars movies are actually that good of movies. I think that um probably the most obvious 4 for people just cuz it's that it's that old school whatever which is um, um Return of the Jedi. I fucking hate that movie. There's so much. The the plot is, is ridiculous. Like, hey, we built an identical fucking Death Star. We didn't even hit the reset button. And we're doing the exact same fucking thing as we were doing in the first one. We're just halfway there, and we're gonna throw teddy bears at you. That was the film. It sucked. Okay. You can't put any of the other prequels ahead of it. Obviously, I think that maybe Force Awakens is gonna fight for it there. But that I don't think anybody's claiming that was an elite film. Solo was all fan service. I, I mean, I haven't really, seen. What's, I haven't, what's the good competition? So I, I can't, I can't, I can't contribute to this discussion because I have not yet seen Solo. I will see Solo eventually. I love Star Wars. Um, I mean, I'm gonna, I would go. I'm, I'm going Empire, New Hope, uh, probably Last Jedi. Okay. Three, Force Awakens. Four, uh, and then Jedi, Return of the Jedi. Five. Okay. And then Rogue One six, and then I'm I, again I'm reserving judgment until I see Solo. Sure. I've heard good and bad. Everybody I've, I've heard that I trust, I seem to think it's probably going to be like it's probably going to be in that sort of like that top five six range. So I don't know. I actually we'll like Force Awakens more than uh, Last Jedi, but I feel like we're going to start getting into territory. Yeah, that that's we could we, be here. We all could night. have a, we could have a I think we should have an entire Star Wars discussion. And we can we can put that on Patreon. People, you guys there can you contribute money for that. Uh, final question. Um, so from Jake Chalcraft, uh, the Dark World Hulls. of Chalcraft. Yeah, I don't know why that's not his fucking Twitter handle. Yeah, by the way. Social, duh. Dark Hulls social media guru. Uh, who on the team, coaching staff, and team could drink the most scotch without dying? Um, who do you got? Um, Jesus. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Callum Williams. I've I've drank with Colin Williams. That guy can drink. Okay. I, didn't I mean, Inchy's the other, like he's the other dark horse. He's a short guy though too, so yeah, that's a lot of. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. We're both taller than Inchy, so and he's gonna, very very short. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a box all at you. I think that he's got I think he's got the size that scotch is, though. I mean it's scotch. Yeah. He's got to drink scotch. Yeah, can't just can't just drink uh, fucking beers like no, I understand know, kiwi beers or whatever. No, I think he's he's uh, I almost said stout. He's not stout. He's 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 a he's a big dude, mm -hmm. and um, I think he's gonna have a, a little bit of that down under kind of fucking uh, attitude about drinking. I, I I'll give you a Michael Boxall. All right. Who's uh, you your dark horse pick? Who do you think is like secretly drinks way too much on the team? <laughs> just the team. Forget the front office because who gives a fuck? They can drink as well whatever they want. That's who's, right. who's the secret so, drinker on the team? People on the pitch. Yeah, people on the pitch. Secret drinker. Secret drinker. Oh man, that's a good question. I know Jerry likes to have a have a beer. A little sauce. Too. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Calvo drinks. I don't think Ibarra or Ramirez drinks. I, I, I mean, you know, six weeks ago it'd been like Sam Nicholson because obviously that guy Duh. that guy likes to drink. Um, I'm gonna go with Alexi Gomez. Okay, I bet that guy will pound some uh, pound some beers with you. Okay, what do you I, what do you got? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm almost feeling an Ibsen. Type of thing, Ibsen seems like the guy, like a classy a, drinker, not, not like a fucking drunk. He's not, you know, falling well, down no, no, the I, street. I don't, I don't think Alexi Gomez is, 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 no. like uh, is a drunk. Either. But I'm, I could see he just has this sort of demeanor, yeah. this attitude that says that he, you know, I don't, he, not that he likes to party, but he likes to have his, like probably one too many sophisticated scotches because he's played Champions League fucking football in Europe. That's fair. And now he's playing for Minnesota, and he's like, look, I'm fine. This is not a big fucking deal <laughs> with me anymore. That's fair. And plus, maybe it explains some of his petulance and some of the questionable decision-making. that, and, and then, you know, how he just fucking falls to his knees and begs the Lord for forgiveness or whatever. You know, I think that explains some of that. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, not going to lie with that. Okay. Um, all right. So you heard it here first. Ibsen the drunk. Ibsen is a drunk. Uh, all right, so we're, we've reached the end of the podcast. We did. Um, yes, you can find us at uh, the Dave's I Know. Sorry, www.davesiknow.com. I always forget. <laughs> fuck that one up. Um, you can email us uh, questions at the Dave's I Know. I'm at gmail.com. I haven't checked that one in a bit, but I don't think anybody actually emails us, so that's fine. Um, you can find the podcast. That's <laughs> where all of our bills get sent. That's exactly. Uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, you can find me particularly at Texas Zeller. <laughs> you can find Martin you. particularly at uh, <laughs> at Regular David. Not offensively. At Regular David. At Regular David. Yeah. Hit him up with all of your uh, your super hot, uh, I don't know, whatever it takes. Um I take, yeah, man. I take nude DMs too. Yeah, send it. Send him all of your nude DMs. That's totally cool. Yep. Please and please do send Martin at regular David uh, all your dick pics, please. Yep. Taking dick pics, like nobody's ever taken a fucking first draft dick pic. Really, it's you're like right. I, I absolutely you're like have. Try, you're like trying 15 times, getting the right angle, the right lighting, and stuff. Oh no, I've I've only ever taken one shot of my dick and then you sent it to people. Yeah. <laughs> you no, I, okay, I, so I, I'm gonna I, give you one story and then we're gonna quit. Okay. okay. All right, so we. Uh, this is the worst story. I'm so glad my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. So she um, she has a, she, a while ago she had like a growth or something. And it's gone now. It's really temporary thing, but it was like like uh like near her butthole. Right, and she wanted to take a picture 
so that um, you could like bring it to the doctor and be like, I got this fucking thing. Or no, no, she didn't want to go into the doctor. She wanted to upload it on the like my chart on the to internet web, and be like, hey, I got this thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a WebMD. Yeah, that's what I really want. With it. And so she and so she took a picture and stuff and sent it up. Now what she forgot was that we have our phone set up so it automatically uploads pictures to our like um, share drive in the cloud. So we have all of our pictures online. And so we we put it on we put that on like a slideshow once just looking at pictures of the kids and stuff and all of a, all of a sudden a picture asshole comes up on a sixty inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas! Hey, we are the Daves. You know this has been the Daves. I know. As you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it, we, do it. We uh, do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Son, 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 son,